0: That's 800-984-4207.
1: Welcome in to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me here every day, 1 Pacific, for Eastern, on Picks and Parlays Radio, and also on Twitter every day. My handle is just my name, at Chelsea Messenger. Also check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube if you want to follow the show that way. We stream the show live every weekday on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you search Picks and Parlays We're usually the first thing that pops up. We've got a great show on this Tuesday, August 27th for you guys. We've got NFL preseason week four picks, which should be interesting because week four, uh, a little different than the rest of the preseason. Traditionally speaking, kind of a crapshoot when it comes to uh, uh, some of these teams. They play a little bit different when it comes to their roster. But you can bet tailored to it, and you can change your bets accordingly and still win some money. Uh, Also, we've got our MLB daily picks, Pirates-Phillies, Cubs-Mets, and the Rays and Astros. That's a a Cy Young matchup between Charlie Morton and Justin Verlander. If you remember, you know what? Justin Verlander has not had the best luck as of late when it comes to run support. In his last three starts, the Astros are 0-3, which is incredible since Verlander is still doing incredibly well. Uh, Not his fault, but we look at that matchup. And Charlie Morton actually has had some bad luck himself. Uh, So some things to look at when it comes to baseball. And finally, college football. It is the opening week, and we're talking some of these big matchups uh, heading into the season. Kent State at Arizona State, Texas State at Texas A&M, and Notre Dame at Louisville. Notre Dame is favored, I believe, by at least 20 points. But you know what? Last year, they were favored by 20 points or more three times, and they covered zero of those games. Uh, Can we trust Notre Dame to cover against Louisville this season? Uh, We've got all of that and more coming up on Picks and Parlays Radio. It's going to be a great show. It's a nice little Tuesday. uh, Nice and toasty here in Las Vegas. And we've got plenty to get to. We're back after the break talking NFL preseason picks with Chip Cherimbus. Stick with us. When is a calculator more than a calculator? When it takes me from solving math problems to exploring the universe,
2: Staples is your back-to-school destination. Find all the supplies and inspiration you need. Come in store this week for great deals under one dollar. Right now, Staples one subject notebooks are just twenty-five cents each, and Staples composition books, two pocket poly folders, and twenty-four pack Crayola crayons are just fifty cents each. Staples, back-to-school and beyond. In-store only ends eight thirty-one nineteen. Limit thirty on notebooks, folders, and crayons while supplies last.
0: That's 800-403-5912. The
3: backyard's looking great, Rob. Thanks, man. I was planning on adding a deck, too. Know any good contractors? Why don't you just ask HomeAdvisor? Home what? HomeAdvisor.com. You just tell them about your project, and they match you with local pros that can do the job. Nice. Well, how much does it cost? Oh, HomeAdvisor's totally free to use. Plus, you can read customer reviews, check pricing, and book appointments for free. What's the website again? HomeAdvisor.com. Or just download
2: the free home advisor app. Home advisor.
1: And welcome back to Fix and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host. Chelsea messenger you can find me here every day one pacific four eastern on picks and parlays radio and also check us out on facebook twitter and youtube we stream the show live every weekday if you search picks and parlays we're pretty easy to find all right let's get into today's show let's start off with nfl preseason football we've got chip terimis joining us to talk a little football hello chip Hey, Chelsea,
4: how's it going? <laughs> you have a good week? No, the NFL is uh, in its final week, and like you had mentioned before, the preseason is a little tricky in ways that who's going to play, who's not right. going to play. And I'll tell you, this preseason more than any other, they – I think starters and the regulars have played less than I ever have seen before previously. Right.
1: It seems like a trend ever since Sean McVay rested all of his starters for the entire preseason last year. And, I mean, nothing bad happened to them. Uh, they still went to a Super Bowl, so they were still prepared for the season. And I think a lot of coaches are following suit. And, I mean, it's made for a weird preseason when it comes to... Setting.
4: well you know these teams they practiced against each other all week right and um, that's where they're actually finding out who can play and who can't play rather than in the games I think these games Chelsea they're just looking to give players an opportunity to get cut they're looking to, they're putting <laughs> them out there oh. well you know they're putting them out there so that um, they won't have to worry about uh, um, injuring any of their other prim- right. primary players so I would say and you know one of the first games is um, this weekend in, in NFL action, all the games are on Thursday. So everyone has an equal shot going into the opening weekend. Uh, Patriots and giants always seem to mesh and go head to head in the preseason. And the giants for years have always seemed to got the best of the Patriots, not only during the regular season where they're four and one in the last five meetings. And of course we know the record in a super bowl, but the giants are seven in a row, seven and zero against the number in the last seven on the road and they are five and zero against the Patriots as a dog in the last five meetings. But new England, Listen to this. Everyone's waiting for this team to fold. They're forty and seventeen against the number in the last fifty-seven games overall, and thirty-nine and sixteen at home against the number. Chelsea, if this wasn't a preseason game, maybe I'd give the Patriots a little more credence. I was about freedom. to say
1: the preseason no. definitely makes it a different and, beast, especially in Week Four. Absolutely, uh, both these teams are three and zero in the preseason, so take uh of that what you will but the patriots uh you've got to expect to not see a whole lot of people this week and
4: i I think the patriots have established what they wanted to and i think the giants have more to prove yet even though Mm -hmm. they've won these games um the giants are still young and they're they're coming together trying to mesh together after a horrible season i think the giants are side here because the line is so cheap it's only one and a half chelsea and patriots at home should automatically be three even if it was a a pick game on a neutral side So I think they're giving the Giants the edge here. I think the Giants are going to probably come out and play, and you're going to see New England, like Chelsea said, just go through the motions without any top players. I know Belichick likes to win all the time, but I Mm -hmm. think he wants to keep everybody healthy for the the season opener.
1: So does Daniel Jones play for the Giants? Yeah,
4: Daniel Jones is playing. Eli Manning is not getting any time whatsoever. And, um, of course, the the Giants have another backup at quarterback, but I think they want Daniel Jones to see some action because that's their future. And um, we've had discussions here with Greg and other people about when he's going to get into the lineup and they're thinking if the Giants start 0-3 that he's going to be he's going to be in there sooner and later but don't be surprised if the Giants come up with a couple of wins early
1: all right so let's move on to another game you want to do okay well, we can, we, either one Bucks Cowboys next
4: we can do Bucks Cowboys um Tampa's two and one surprisingly uh, one one and one um, new coaching there is certainly going to help they just lost quarterback going down to um, an injury which means Jameis Winston is on his own there. And I'm telling you, that's a pretty big gamble right now, Chelsea, what we've seen <laughs> for him. The only thing is this Tampa team, as poorly as they played during the regular season, they close the preseason the last 15 years going 13-1-1 in their final preseason game. So they get up for games that don't matter, and they get all ready, and they're thinking that they're great, and then they go into the regular season and they get beat. But against the Dallas Cowboys, believe it or not, they're 4-0 against the points in the last four meeting. And Dallas has a reputation under Garrett of really not coming out during the preseason. We know they've they've been point spread monsters and killing people 12 and 21 in the preseason and under Garrett in the last five years. And they're coming off three preseason games where they had a revenge for a loss from last season. I don't know how much that goes into it or how much that plays. Some players or some coaches may be thinking about it more than others, but they are one in four in their last five against the points. I think Tampa getting the points in this situation would be the side against the Cowboys. The Cowboys, of course, Chelsea are looking to gear up and get um, some people back, mainly a running back, and be ready for the Giants on on Sunday, the opening week.
1: I'm wondering how much we'll see Tony Pollard, who is their backup running back uh, in this game, because if he gets hurt, that's a big problem. If Zeke's not back by week one and Tony Pollard uh, is needing to take all those snaps, uh, I will say the Cowboys won their lo- their uh, their last game, excuse no. me, 34 to nothing over the Texans. So that was pretty yep. convincing. But again, that's week three. That's a little different. That's supposed to be the dress rehearsal. Uh, Bucks have gone two and one, but I believe they've covered every game uh, if you were taking them as an underdog. Because I remember I took the Steelers uh, in that first game and the Steelers won 30 to 28, but they were two and a half. Uh, So, and a lot of places, Chelsea, that ended
4: up being a push because the number closed that too. But remember one thing, the price of the game is what you bet it at. If you bet it at one-and-a-half, you're a, one and a half year winner. If you took it at two-and-a-half, you're a, two and a half year loser. And that just happens the way this game goes. And so getting the best number at an important time is valuable throughout the entire season. And it could be the difference Chelsea in making thousands of dollars are right. actually being in the negative. So
1: what's the number you would look for here in the
4: box, Cowboys? Calum- I, in- I think it's up around five. And I would, t- I would definitely take the points here. And uh, I just think Dallas, after winning 34 nothing or shutting out their opponent last week, I, I think they did what they wanted to do. And I'm not going to see much out of them this week at all.
1: Well, in week four is traditionally uh, the crapshoot week. It's not the same as the no. other weeks. Uh, and all these teams are really cautious about playing guys because they don't want injuries going into the first week of the season. Absolutely. Uh, let's move on to the Raiders and the Seahawks. The Raiders uh, 3-0 and uh, this preseason. John Gruden 6-1 and in the preseason. Yep. Uh, Seahawks 2-1 and this preseason with their only loss coming to the Vikings. Uh, what are some of the things you're looking at in this one?
4: Well... Last year, in this situation, I used the Raiders as my preseason game of the year. We even have those during the preseason, and they <laughs> they won thirteen to six over the Green Bay Packers, and they haven't lost a preseason game since three and 3 and and0 against the points. But they're in a tough spot here because the Seattle team under Pete Carroll always plays well. They play hard. They play tough. Two and one on the year, and they're what's twenty three and thirteen in the. Um, in the preseason under Carroll. That's an outrageous points per right. value. And it's almost
1: two coaches that both love the preseason. Right. Rick Gruden and Pete Carroll, two guys that are really competitive. And you've seen that in their preseason records. I know, like I keep saying, week four is a little different. Uh, but But who do you see winning this one?
4: Well, Oakland overall is one and six in their last seven road games, and I think Gruden's pretty happy with their preseason so far. And I know he wants to keep Carr healthy because without him, they're going right. nowhere. And um, Seattle's seven and two, in the last um, five, me- uh, last nine meetings against this team, they're seven and zero oh on Thursdays against the points. And they're 4-1 as a favorite. So I think Seattle here, Chelsea, has got the side. I think Pete Carroll is looking to go in with great aspirations and coming on a positive note to start the season. Whereas the Raiders are going to be surprised no matter what they do. If they come 8-8, eight and eight, a lot of people are going to be happy. And I think Gruden's just looking to really evaluate and test people and keep people safe for now.
1: Part of the reason the Raiders, uh, to me, have seemed like a good team in the preseason is because the quarterback uh, battle they've had for the backup, uh, Peterman, uh, and um, Mike Glennon. So I'm wondering if you see more of that or if they're trying to arrest one of those guys so they don't get hurt just in case. Uh, Derek... Car gets hurt. Uh, what do you expect from the quarterbacks when it comes to the Raiders?
4: Well, I'll tell you something. If this Peterman makes the Oakland Raiders and he can Peterman. play as an NFL, if he can play as an NFL quarterback, then I'm going to give Gruden the credit and say he is a quarterback guru because this guy has looked worse than worse than anyone we've ever seen. I think he's well. Had the lowest, he
1: was on a bad Bills team. But still, he that had the lowest rating
4: in the history of the NFL as a quarterback. Deshaun Kaiser had 22 career. interceptions. Um,
1: so he, I don't, I don't <laughs>
4: think he's going to help. But um, who was, the, who was the other guy that filled in the second string? Oh, 11?
1: Mike Lennon. Mike
4: Glennon has had some experience, and he can throw the ball. Maybe he'll be able to fill in. He's been a little fragile. And um, you know a lot of these guys, Chelsea, it takes time for them to fit, set in, and and become oh, great players. I mean, Johnny United got cut twice before he ended up with the Steelers. And some of these guys just get better as they age and mature, and maybe Glenn. I don't is think, one think of those Mike guys.
1: Glennon is Johnny United. No, I don't think
4: so either. I really <laughs> don't. No,
1: he's had several chances. But
4: I was just trying to, you know, make an analogy. Right, yeah, and, and I got you. So we got we got people that get better, and maybe he hasn't looked that bad in preseason at all. The Raiders are, right? You but and you all. are
1: taking the Seahawks.
4: I am going to take the. I think the
1: Raiders have uh, shot their load, so to speak. Oh, wow. All right. We're back after the break on Fix and Parlays Radio.
3: Not too long ago, it felt good to withdraw your cash from the bank, didn't it? For a vacation or a new car. But today
1: And welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me here every day at 1 Pacific for Eastern and also on Twitter. At Chelsea Messenger is my handle. Also, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Just search Picks and Parlays. We're very easy to find. Uh, right now, let's get to some college football. Uh, it was a big week in week zero, week one, hoping to carry on that momentum. With some great games, we have got uh, some great things to talk about. We've got Sean Higgs joining us. Hello, <laughs>
5: good to be back, Chelsea.
1: I, I wonder if a... people thought that that voice was gonna match what you look like. Yeah, here. right. That was one of the You I, could do, do that. Mix whole... it
5: up a little bit. You know, you have kids. You yeah. gotta switch your voice when you're trying not to scare your little daughter at home. You're be like,
1: hey, rah, 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 rah. Oh, parenting tips. Yes, We've we, got got it, it we got it all
5: here. Pix Polly's and parenting.
1: We've got That's it all. That's
5: gonna be the new show after this one so
1: right, right <laughs> <laughs> teaching your children to bet <laughs> yes all right it's numbers
5: though so it's good for math it's good for math yeah books, that's arithmetic. a nice spin
1: yes all right so let's get into these games let's start uh, with Texas State and Texas A&M, Texas State, was 3-9 and nine last season, but they do have a new head coach, uh, Jake Spavitol. He's a former Aggies offensive coordinator. And Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher, is entering his second season uh, for the Aggies. Uh, How do you see this one? What's the line and initial thoughts on this one? All
5: right, well, we're seeing 34.5, and and the totals anywhere, actually, I've seen some 58s and and 56.5. So, as always, you know, Chip had mentioned Shop Around. All sports, Shop Around for the best number, people. So we're talking almost two points here on the total loan. As you said, the head coach, former assistant here, uh, Johnny Johnny Manziel era, and also they got a Texas Tech defensive coordinator. So, for me, what I'm looking at this game is A&M's got Clemson on deck you got a, a coach and a mm-hmm. coordinator familiar with this team, has played big power five schools, 10 starters back on defense. I, I like the under here, especially at 58. I really like the under. 56 and a half, it's still a play, uh, absolutely. And I might even sprinkle in maybe a little bit 34 and a half. I just don't see A&M really running a whole playbook here. you got Clemson on deck. That's the, big, that's the big dog coming. This is a game you're going to try to work out some kinks for the players. Right. Injury-free. You want to gear up. You don't want to show too much. For Clemson to be like, oh, these are going to be running some trick plays? Absolutely not. So I Yeah, think I don't think little- they're
1: going to need trick plays, honestly. Uh, a bet that I would be curious to see would be a first-half number, if Texas A&M could cover in the first half. Oh, yeah. Because I see Texas A&M trying to go out there early, uh, get Kellen Mond, their quarterback, his snaps, and trying to run the table really early so they can get the starters out of there and get them rested for Clemson.
5: Well, yeah, you mentioned Mond, and he's got a pretty talented wide receiver core to help him out, so – yeah, this game could be twenty-seven to three at the half, and right. then they'll go through the motions. And that's really what I'm looking at, especially with yeah. you know, the bigger game on deck. That's something I look for. Who you play, and especially in a tune-up game when you have a bigger opponent, you're not going to really want to show too much. So, right, you know. And again, again, hurt. You've got Clemson. You got national championship hopes on deck. This is where you're you're focusing your
1: right. So let's talk about defense on. a little bit. Uh, yeah. Texas State. Uh, they used to be a team that that prided themselves on defense. I believe their head coach now is the defensive backs coach for the Giants uh, in the NFL. So it's a team that, that is supposed to be good defensively, although their record is 3-9. and nine. So, I mean, take with that what you will. Uh, what do you see when it comes to this Texas A&M defense? Do you think they're going to be able to pitch a shutout here?
5: Um, no, I don't think they're pitching a shutout. They, inexperienced. They only got four starters back from last year. And coming off a of 3-9 and nine year, you're going to want to... This is a team that's going to actually run some trick plays and throw some quirks into oh, their offense. Oh, Texas State's going to
1: throw the, the kitchen yeah. sink at them.
5: And, and I'm thinking Texas State. I was thinking back, like, necessary roughness. I'm thinking we're we'll going to see Sinbad <laughs> coming out, like Scott Bakula, you know, Iron Man football back. So these guys are going to bring the whole kitchen sink at, right. at this team because it's not even a bigger brother. This is like, come on, Texas State and A&M, are, you're in two different zip codes. It's two different countries. So I'm expecting some offense yeah. there because you only got four starters back for A&M. So, yeah. Uh, a three and nine year, you're going to look to improve. I, th- listen, they're not winning out right here, getting 34 and a half points, but they're the embarrassing wise. I could see them probably losing like 25, 30, and still cover the number for us. Right. But um,
1: so, what do you like in this game? Uh,
5: under, I like the under a lot here, especially at 58. But 56 and a half, I think the 56 and a half. I, I really don't think a is going to come out and want to really run it up with Clemson on deck. They're going to score. 35, 40 points. I see maybe 14, 17 mm-hmm. from, from this other team uh, from Texas State, so under the total.
1: All right, so let's move on to Kent State and Arizona State. Kent State was 2-10 and 10 last season. Obviously not a great year for them in Arizona State. 7-6, uh, and six. Uh, Herm Edwards entering his second year as head coach of the Sun Devils how do we see this one lining up what's the line uh what's the total
5: well I'm seeing a 61 at the total and 24 and a half right now as the line and it's a little tricky kind of number here because yeah they they were two and ten last year uh but they have got some experience back is that just bad experience that's what I was about to say six on defense you got a, a quarterback from Auburn Woody Barrett I mean the guy's transferred from Auburn, He had to be pretty talented. It's not like right. some two star recruit. This guy was obviously probably a four star guy coming out of high school.
1: But Kent uh, State had the worst defense in the MAC last a, season.
5: 228 <laughs> and 1, the last 11 road games. I mean, that is like, 11 straight road losses. 32 points per game you're getting crushed by on a road. Well, and, when
1: you're 2 and 10, you're losing a lot of games. So uh, but some 30, of those are probably going to be on the road. The
5: 32 <laughs> kind of sticks out to me because then I look at the Arizona team. 30, 11 straight wins, home openers by 32. Oh, so, wow. Weird. Deja vu with the 32 <laughs> points and the line's 24 and a half. I got, you know, I got to take Arizona State because just because you have experience back really doesn't mean you're going to be that much better. So yeah. I, they, had, they do have experience back, 9 and 6, uh, offensive defense. I think Arizona State's going to run the ball. They got uh, Benjamin's pretty good running back. Yeah, you back.
1: know Benjamin. They're going to be a ground-and-pound offense yeah. when it comes to this year. And Kent State, their only two wins – were when they allowed 100 yards of rushing or less, which is not boating well when Arizona State is a team that runs the ball well. And effectively, you know, Benjamin actually set the single-season record uh, for the school for most attempts in a season. 300 carries last season. So we're going to see a lot of rushing when it comes to this Arizona State offense.
5: Yeah, and that's why I, you look at the total, I'm not really high on giving a side-out in this game, but I do, uh, excuse me, giving the total out in this game. Right. But as I mentioned, run-heavy team. The offense, uh, eight returning starters for the Sun Devils. I like Herm, good coach. We're going to focus on a run here. 24 seems high with the running team, but I think the talent differential is just way too much difference here. So 24-and-a-half, I laid a big number with the home team.
1: All right, speaking of big numbers, Notre Dame, I would assume, has some points to play with, or Louisville, I would say, has some points to play with when they're facing Notre Dame. Notre Dame, 12-1 and last season in the college football playoff, and Louisville coming off a tough year where they fired their head coach. Scott Satterfield comes in uh, from App State where he was really good uh, for – I forgot their mascot. I think they're the Mountaineers maybe.
5: For Appy, <laughs> Appy State?
1: Yeah, but anyways, bottom line, he was a great coach there, uh, but he's got his work cut out for him when it comes to this Louisville team. Uh, what's the number on this one, and where are you leaning? Well,
5: Irish laying twenty, a total of fifty-seven, and yeah, Satterfield was pretty good in some Sun Belt, twenty and four in conference play. So, and his teams are built on defense, so that's you got that going for us. I like the twenty points here. I like the twenty. Everybody's high in Notre Dame. It's a huge public. Team, so you're going to see a little inflated value on that right out of the gate. So I'll take 20. Louisville looked like they quit with Petrino last year. They were right in the game with Florida State, and next thing you know, that's a loss, and then they're getting shoved. They're giving up 56-66, 77-54-50. I mean, totally off the rails. That is off the rails scores. And Louisville was good before that. I mean, okay.
1: Well, when they had (laughs) Lamar Jackson. But it wasn't that far off. What was that, 2016? Like, it wasn't that long ago they were a top-tier team. Maybe I think they – I uh, finished the year ranked fifth, maybe?
5: Yeah, I mean, you lose a Heisman quarterback, okay. But all right. around, you're still recruiting guys that are good players. So yeah. I think you're injecting new blood. you got a coach in there who preaches right. defense. you got ten defensive starters back on this team. And I know we just mentioned that just because you have starters back doesn't mean it's going to be good. But I'm taking a Power 5 team off a humiliating season and a the way they ended and a coaching turmoil. I like the points here a lot. i right. You know, this believe it or not, I might even have a little money line sprinkled in here <laughs> because everybody's gonna be behind Notre Dame, and I think they're gonna take a step back. and I am books a great quarterback, but I think just Louisville, the whole program, fresh blood, new schemes, everything. I'm I'm high on Louisville. I don't think it'll be bad as everyone says it, so They are going to something be
1: this year. you mentioned is kind of the, the media bias and how people really like to, to like Notre Dame. It's a team that has a lot of fans. They're a big national brand and I think sometimes the media and sometimes maybe uh, the betters give them a little bit more credit than they deserve. Last season, as I mentioned, in the open, uh, they were favored by 20-plus points in three games last season, and they didn't cover any of those point spreads. So I have trouble believing that they're going to cover against Louisville.
5: Well, I am totally 100% agree with you there. And also, when they play the better schools, I mean, they're 0-8 in January bowl games. Mm. I mean, again, blown out by 20 points a game. I'm not saying Louisville's playing a New Year's 6 game. No, but, but they talent wise, to do they have good players. Not
1: lose you know. by twenty. Twenty,
5: and you're <laughs> so. at you're at home. You're coming in here getting disrespected on your own field again. I I like the coach. You're coming in with a winning coach, a defensive coach. You want to wipe last year's taste out of your mouth? Again, humiliated. I mean, fifty points, like eight straight games. That's unheard of for a a, a school like this. That's not right. You know, it's not like it's a Mac school or some tiny program. Yeah, the
1: talent differential is not going to be nearly as bad when it comes to Notre Dame and Louisville than, say, Kent State, you know, and Arizona State because, I mean, it's just different conferences. And Louisville's in the ACC. Granted, they were at the bottom of the ACC last season, but they still have a lot of talent. I know this quarterback, uh, uh, Jawan Pass, he was one of the first stories I did when I was a sports reporter in Columbus, Georgia. When he was 14 – Everybody was dubbing him the next Cam Newton. He's four, over 200 pounds, uh, and the number five quarterback uh, coming out of high school when it comes to recruits. So he's got some talent there. I, I think uh, inaccuracy is the problem for him. But you know what? Maybe he gets better this year.
5: Well, I think he's definitely going to be better this game. And getting 20 points at home, I'm taking Louisville, no doubt here.
1: Right, he doesn't have to be great. He no. just <laughs> has to be good.
5: Just has to be okay. I, just got, going I need some him to be, I need to be okay and cover twenty, which I think it's Louisville's going to do here.
1: All right, those are our college football picks. At the end of the show, we will recap all of them. So don't worry, we've got you covered. After the break, baseball picks. When we come back on Picks and Parlays Radio.
0: It has been said that everyone has a book in them. 855 325 1780. That's 855 325 1780.
2: Is your thinning hair prematurely aging you? Do you see scalp where there used to be hair? Don't let your hair loss take over. Take control with Hairmax, the pioneer in laser hair growth. Hairmax laser band stimulates your follicles where hair loss starts. At the root, immersing your scalp in nourishing laser energy with the equivalent of 246 total laser coverage. Use it just a few minutes, three days a week to revive your hair follicles and regrow your hair. It's FDA cleared and clinically proven for both men and women. So if you're seeing your hair thinning or that bald spot getting bigger, don't sit by and watch your hair wither away. Protect the hair you have while growing new hair you'll love. Maximize your results with Destiny Hair Therapy, brimming with bioactive ingredients essential for healthy hair. Order now at HairMax.com or call 1-800-9-REGROW and save 15% with code GROW15. That's HairMax.com or 1-800-9-REGROW. Save 15% with code GROW15. Ready to
1: six and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger, you can find us here every day, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern, on Picks and Parlays Radio, and we also stream the show live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, if you want to tune in that way, if you search Picks and Parlays, we're usually the first thing that pops up. All right, it is our final big segment of the day, and we've saved our baseball picks for last, because that's the only thing you'd be cashing in on, uh, if you want some daily money. Uh, Let's start with the Pirates and the Phillies, and we've got Craig Trapp joining us to talk about the Pirates and the Phillies. <laughs> Hello, Craig.
6: How we doing? It's that time of year. <laughs> football. Everybody's paying attention to football, but that means maybe a little extra value here in baseball tonight.
1: All right. So let's talk about the line on uh, this Pirates-Phillies game. Uh, wh- where's the line? What are you leaning?
6: Yeah, I mean, this line obviously with Pittsburgh playing so poorly since the All-Star break. You're not getting a whole lot of value if, if, you to, if you're wanting to bet against Pittsburgh right now. The line opened at minus 143 with the Phillies being favored. And the line and the total set at 10. The uh, total still 10 pretty much everywhere here in Vegas and most of the other U.S. sports books, But this line has gone all the way up to minus uh, almost 150. I see it at minus 148 at 888. So um, you're not getting a whole lot of value if you want to bet the Phillies. But at least you're getting a team that's playing much better than the struggling Pirates team.
1: I will say the Pirates uh, coming off sweep of Reds. They beat the Reds, right? Yes, yes. Your team. Yeah, I mean,
6: they beat, <laughs> that, beating the Reds on the road, not saying a whole lot. Uh, I mean, the, the, the Reds and the Pirates both not been very good.
1: Right. Uh, I will say Stephen Brault has been especially good for the Pirates. The The run support has not been there. But his numbers, 3-3, three a 3 uh three nine eight ERA, which is pretty good. And his last time out, six innings, two runs. Against a very hot Nationals team. But you know what? Uh, he's only won three of his last 11 when it comes to the actual win total uh, for the Pirates. So they haven't been great behind him. Drew Smiley going for the Phillies, two and six with a 699 ERA. Yeah, those numbers aren't too pretty. 0 and 1, 745 in past four and seven home runs in 19 innings pitched.
6: Well, when you, look at, uh, <laughs> when you look at broad, you have to be, if you're, if you're a pitcher, this is one of them that you go, well, someone just get a hit for me. You know, right. put, put some runs up. I mean, he's allowed two earned runs, one earned run, four earned runs, two earned runs, one earned run, one earned run. Guess what? All losses. Uh, he only got That's two tough. of those losses. But, I mean, they've lost six in a row in his last six starts. So, I mean, the Pirates just, you know, when they need runs, they can't produce runs. When they, when they don't produce runs, their pitchers give up tons of runs. So, uh, to me, I have to bet against um, the Phillies, even though I think they have the starting pitching uh, edge as far as the Pirates do tonight uh, with Brault on the mound, but to me, I just like uh, a much hotter offense, and the Pirates have not been good away from home. So we're going to take the Phillies here, but I wouldn't go crazy with this one uh, just because they don't have the pitching edge. And I'm I'm always a pitching guy first and foremost.
1: Well, their lineup has had uh, some good additions. Bryce Harper is back off the paternity list. He had a home run last night. And the Phillies won on a walk-off last night, 6-5. So they do have a little bit of momentum going, uh, especially from former Pirates. Sean Rodriguez was the guy that hit the walk-off. He's a former Pirate. And Corey Dickerson hit a, a two-run bomb as well, a former Pirate as well. So it seems like these two teams know each other well. Uh, and the Phillies lineup seems to be hitting a little bit better.
6: Well, if you're going to play the Pirates, I would say first five. <laughs> that's about You play. This is not a huge first five guy, but this this one will be jumping off the page if you like the Pirates, especially as a, a little underdog in the first five, just because that's when the starting pitching, you have to assume most starting pitchers go about that five innings now. And I think the Pirates have the advantage there, but the bullpen, I think the Phillies have a big edge. I think the offense um, coming off that big win last night, I like the Phillies and uh, for the game. And then I think also the under is not a terrible play here. I could see uh, this one, I see this as like a five-three, uh, you know, type of game. So the under with the total sitting at ten. I also think there's a value on the under on this one.
1: Well, last night was six-five, which is not incredibly high-scoring, yep. uh, and that was eleven innings. So I mean, it took eleven innings for them to score that many. Um, so you are taking the Pirates. That's your play, or did no. you like the first five?
6: I'm going to take the Phillies for the game at minus one forty-ish, oh, right. uh, depending on where you get it here in town. But uh, if you're going to play the Pirates, I would just say let's play them the first five just because that's where the starting pitching edge will be the most effective.
1: Right. I'd imagine you probably don't get a whole lot of value on that because just the numbers, Smiley and first brawl. Right. It's
6: probably, I don't have it right here in front of me, it's probably in that plus 115 range, which, um, you know, when you have a starting pitching edge, that's not a terrible thing. Uh, But the Pirates haven't been scoring a lot of runs early, so that would be the one negative there. But we're going to official pick. I'm on the line at the Phillies.
1: All right, let's move on to the Cubs and the Mets. The Cubs are not a good road team, and they're playing on the road at the Mets, who were uh, one of the hotter teams in baseball, but they have since cooled off a little bit. You Darvish on the mound for the Cubs, 4-6, and 4-4-3, uh, four, four, ERA. Uh, and he is the first pitcher in MLB history with five straight outings with at least eight strikeouts and no walks. So his control has been really good. Marcus Stroman going for the Mets. Seven and eleven, three eighteen ERA, uh, but a four five eight ERA in four starts for the Mets. So he hasn't been nearly as effective since coming over uh, from Toronto, and he was pulled in his last start for hamstring tightness. So that limited him to only four innings. So uh, you know it's been a tough go for for Stroman when he came over from. Uh, Toronto, what do we see in this one?
6: Well, when the line opened to this one, you saw the Cubs, of course, huge, huge public team, minus 116 with a total of eight. This line is all over the place. I see actually both teams being favored in some spots and the total as high as eight and a half. So you definitely want to shop around if you're going to be playing, um, either one of these teams tonight. But you know, this one, it really comes down to me. The Cubs just aren't good on the road. I mean, what are they? 25 and 39 on a road against a Mets team that's 37 and 24 at home. That jumps off the page, and then you Marcus Stroman. Yeah, he hasn't been great since coming over, but guess what? They've won all of his starts. All four starts have been wins. Um, you know, Last time out, he actually looked pretty good until he had to be pulled early. So I think if he's healthy tonight, which it sounds like he is, yeah. i, I got to like the Mets here. I just think there's a lot of value, and we're getting the Mets at, uh, you know, we'll call it minus 105 here. And I think the Mets at home have the edge here.
1: The Cubs were just swept by the Nationals, which, as I've mentioned, they're a good team. Uh, but it's still coming off a sweep. And the Cubs are a team that have relied heavily on home runs, which is not a good thing a lot of times because if you're not hitting those home runs, you're not making hard contact, you're not getting on base. Uh, almost 50% of their runs have come from home runs, which, um, I mean, it's great when you make them, but they rank last in the National League in contact rate. Uh, so so, so definitely some holes when it comes to their lineup. Uh, the Mets. Uh, what's the total in this one? The Mets have only scored seven runs in their last three, so maybe I'd look at uh, the total.
6: The total is eight or eight and a half, depending if you really want the total on the under play. I would go to eight, eight, eight. They have it at at eight and a half, and. And like you said, I think it's a Cubs team. It's definitely feast or famine. It's like they just wait around for the home run. And to me, I'm not a big fan of those type of teams unless you have eight guys like the Yankees seem to have when healthy. Then it's like we just wait on one of those guys. Well, they also play
1: at Yankee Stadium, too. Right, easier place.
6: And, you know, the other thing that... Yes, the Cubs have a better record, but they play in an easier division. I just think the the Central is just like they're all basically the same team, where the East is way better. I think the Nationals are better. I think, obviously, the Braves are better. And I think the Mets are better than the Cubs. I think the
1: NL East has been better since the All-Star break. Absolutely. Like, the Nationals and the Phillies were not one of the better teams, I don't think, in the first half.
6: Well, the Mets were good the first month, and they've been good since the All-Star break. Yeah, it's it's been bookends. Yeah, I mean, it's they in the middle, if they were any good at all, they would be leading this division. But that's why I think we get a little value here. Um, Plus, I think Stroman hasn't been great. And like you said, Darvish has been a little better than Stroman as far as just the numbers are concerned. But the Cubs just on the road, they just consistently can't get, uh, when they get runners scoring in position, they just can't get them home. And I think that's a a huge, huge uh, problem for them tonight. New York Mets as a slight underdog here at minus 105, I think is great value on a a much better home team.
1: All right. So let's move on to the Rays and the Astros. This is a game... Uh, a great pitching matchup between Charlie Morton and Justin Verlander of the Astros. Charlie Morton, of course, a former Astro, so he should know this lineup pretty well. Uh, he's contending for the Cy Young in the AL, 13 and 5 with a 2.85 ERA. Verlander is 15 and 5 with a 2.77 ERA. But the knock on Verlander, well, not Verlander, but the Astros, when Verlander pitches, it seems like this Astros lineup can't Morales. get it going. We saw one yeah. of the worst. Uh, uh the biggest favorites, the Astros favored at what, were they five hundred or something? Yeah,
6: minus almost minus five. Or there were minus five hundred some spots.
1: And they lost to the Tigers, Tigers. And that's when Verlander was on the mound. And they've lost all three of his last starts or uh he's gotten a no decision. So it hasn't been great luck for Verlander as of late, despite being really good. He's had seven straight games with double digit strikeouts. So that's gotta be frustrating. Uh do you think the Rays take this one or do you think um Astros are the play here.
6: Well, the the question always is not necessarily always who's going to win, which obviously that's important if you're a but better the value. But yeah, betting yeah. value. This opened at -192 with the Astros. You're talking about a team in the Rays that are one of the best away teams in baseball, forty-two and twenty-five on the road. So they're actually better well, because their home on the road.
1: games are road games. Yeah,
6: basically. they don't have anybody <laughs> like at the home they games. They
1: don't have fans.
6: So to me, you know, when you see that minus minus one ninety-two in the total set is seven and a half, it's all the way up to minus two hundred five in several places like FanDuel, uh, Sportsbook. So. I mean, to me, and the total is, uh, you know, even some places has moved up to eight. But to me, it comes down to value. There's way more value on a very good road team in the Rays. And, and a Morton, like you said, has been very, very good. Historically, uh, you know, he played here in Houston, so he's very familiar. I mean, he's, he's allowed uh, under three runs. Or three runs are under in four, uh, three of his last four starts. And uh, one, two of those uh, four, so I think is, is very good value here. On a Verlander team like you said, on a Verlander start, they just don't give run support. and we've seen that several times this year with some of the best pitchers that should have a lot more wins. Verlander's definitely one of them. I think there's way more value. I, can't, I would never suggest betting an Astros team uh, above that minus170 level where I kind of draw the line. So to me, it didn't give me a whole lot of options here, and I like Morton as an underdog here at plus we'll call it plus 175.
1: Plus 175, do you think that number moves at all for game I, yes. time?
6: Yes, I think this is, you know, usually we see the big uh, heavy favorite teams uh, come time of a game. Usually that line continues to move, will move in the Astros' favor. So I'm sure this. we probably could get this all the way up. If you shop it around, probably 185, uh, maybe even 190. But uh, to me, I think you're going to know very early, because it seems like in Morton's really good. Um, it, he's dominating, and I think right. that'll be the key, if he can stay up with, with what Verlander's been, which Verlander has been, Amazing since coming over to Houston, what, two, three years ago now?
1: Yeah, two and a half. Yeah, Didn't they get him at like midnight star, at the yeah, trade yeah, deadline? Yeah, uh, But Charlie Morton has a bit of a Verlander uh, symptoms. Uh, he had some bad luck August 16th. He became the first American League pitcher in four years to get a loss while not allowing a single earned run. And getting double-digit strikeouts that came against the Tigers as well. So I don't know what it is about this Tigers team against Aces, but it's it's come to some bad beats.
6: Uh, The other thing, you know, this also is Tampa Bay's won. They played four games this year in Tampa. Tampa won three of those four games. Going back to last year, Tampa won six. uh, No, they've won seven of the last eight against Houston. Now these teams have both been about the you know pretty pretty much the same teams the last two years. So. I mean, this Tampa Bay team has kind of had Houston's number, and I think when you see that kind of thing and then you get this kind of value. Right. It, it, there's really I not think that's anything. the bottom
1: line is the value. Absolutely. I wouldn't like to, to pick against the Astros, no matter how bad they've been for Justin Verlander as far as the lineup goes, because the lineup's still good. They still have three players hitting over 300. Uh, meanwhile, the Rays have two guys out, Brandon Lowe and uh, Yandy Diaz. They're both hurt, and those were both big parts of their offense uh Brandon Lowe led the race it hits doubles home runs all these categories and now he's on the 60-day DL uh but yeah I just think it just comes back to the value on this one
6: well Morton did beat them um you know three games back when they played he beat uh uh, Cole and they won 4-2 in Tampa though but uh you know Morton hasn't quite been as good as he was at that point of the season but I still think there's value here and we're going to take the race
1: All right, so those are our baseball picks. When we come back after the break, we will recap all of those baseball picks, plus our college football picks and our NFL preseason picks when we get back from the break on Picks and Parlay's radio. And welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Sorry, had to burp. Uh, I'm Chelsea Messenger. I'm here every day, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern. Uh, right now, we've got a great special for you guys on the website, picksandparlays.net. If you head over there through the end of the month, all of our football passes are 25% off. A great deal over there on the website, picksandparlays.net. We had a great show uh, today, chock full of advice and analysis on all kinds of things. Let's go over all of our picks for the day. Uh, in case you were sleeping on us or if you're just now joining us, don't worry, we've got you covered. Here are our picks starting with NFL preseason picks for week four. Chip Chirimis, uh gave us these picks. Giants at the Patriots were taking the Giants in this one. Uh, Tampa Bay at Dallas taking the Bucks. Over the Cowboys. Um, And then Oakland at Seattle taking the Seahawks in those games for the NFL preseason. And then Sean Higgs gave us a little preview uh, for college football week one. Kent State at Arizona State. We think Arizona State is going to cover that spread of 24.5 points. Uh, Texas State at Texas A&M take the under 56.5 points. And Notre Dame at Louisville. We're taking Louisville to cover uh, at plus 20. Not a whole lot of faith uh, when it comes to Notre Dame putting up all those points. Uh, Craig Trapp gave us some MLB picks for today. Uh, Pirates at Phillies. Taking the Phillies in that one. And then Cubs at Mets. Taking the Mets uh, in that one as well. Uh, And Rays plus 150 at the Astros for the underdog pick of the day. Those are our picks on Picks and Parlays Radio. We're back tomorrow for more goodness. Until then, bet, win, repeat. We're back tomorrow on Picks and Parlays Radio.